Ah, oh, lass, I'm worried about El. A beast must have chased him all around this garden as he were trying to run away, said Max to Kate. But Kate wasn't there. Where was she? Had the garden beast gotten to Kate? Kate! Kate! Where are you, lass? Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. Oh, and by the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud, keep in mind you can download your very own copy of it by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll hear Chapter 19 from The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud. And each week, we'll take a visit to Jenny's Corner, where we'll get to hear from Jenny Cody herself, the creator of the Epic Order of the Seven. Jenny will give us the inside scoop on all her stories, her inspiration, how she comes up with these great ideas, and much more. And she'll read letters from her loyal listeners, maybe even yours. Well, let's get started, shall we? Here's Max and Liz. Greetings, lads and lasses, and thanks for being here. And since our story has brought us to my homeland of France, I say merci for joining us again today. Uh, that means we're both saying thank you, right? Oui. That's what I said. We are saying thank you. We, oui, Max. I know we. Oui. No, Max. We oui means yes. Well, where I come from, we oui means us. No, where you come from, we oui means small. No, well, I, but, uh, uh, no, you and your French talking have got me all confused. I'm over here chasing me tail, then. Oh, well, have fun. Uh, while Max chases his tail, which, uh, by the way, is not very easy, for he has a little tail, or shall we say, a wee tail. Wee? Wee! Aye! <laughs> round and round he goes. <laughs> Well, perhaps it is time to continue with our own, uh, wee tale <laughs> of the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud as we head back to my garden in ruins. Right, Max? I'm not falling for that one, Kitty. Your garden weren't in ruins. Your garden were in France. <sighs> Silly doggy. You just keep chasing your tail, Max. <laughs> Meanwhile, we head back to our story. Chapter 19 The French Connection Max and Kate were so wrapped up in each other that it took some time for them to notice that Al wasn't around. Love has a way of blinding hearts to the things that would take away from moments such as this. The two dogs were laughing and talking about the mystery of how they met and what their future might hold. Time seemed to stand still. But the sun overhead did not. It was late afternoon before it dawned on Kate that there was a reason why their time together was so perfect. Al was missing. Max, I forgot all about Al. We haven't seen him in hours. Where could he be? said an anxious Kate. You're right, me love. 
Ah, not to worry. He wouldn't go very far alone. We'll find him. And I guess we best find some food then. Can I find me, sweet lass, a bite to eat? Said Max reassuringly with a grin. Aye, dear Max, let's go see where the kitty is. How I would love some greens to nibble, replied Kate. Max picked up his reed, and he and Kate looked around before heading in the direction where Al had run up the side of the cliff. When they reached the top of the hill, they looked back over the sparkling sea channel they crossed, amazed at how the maker had delivered them from England. They couldn't believe how far they had come and were relieved that the fire cloud had stopped, giving them time to rest. Max's large head moved back and forth through the swaying field grass, his nose sniffing and snorting as he walked. Suddenly he stopped, sniffed intensely, popped his head up and exclaimed, Got him, Kate! Max had picked up Al's scent. Kate trotted behind Max as he led the way. France was indeed beautiful and romantic as well. The dogs walked through fields of yellow flowers, munching a few along the way. The flowers had a distinct taste, unlike anything they had tasted before. Kate looked at the blue sky above and the glowing yellow field below, marveling at the setting in which she followed Max. She felt like she could fly. Her heart was so happy. Al's scent carried them zigzagging across the meadow, typical of Al in a food-foraging mode. Max and Kate chuckled as they looped around and around and back and forth, envisioning Al going before them. Soon they reached the edge of the meadow that narrowed near a high wall of green shrubs leading to a path. They followed the path that was bordered by thick, dark green hedgerows on either side. Before Max started feeling small from looking skyward, he saw an opening up ahead. Max and Kate came to a garden. This garden was a mess, clearly not one that was well cared for. But wait. These plants were recently destroyed and uprooted. What kind of creature could have caused this? Max furrowed his brow as he grew worried about Al. What if Al had encountered the beast that had destroyed this garden? Max went trotting down the rows of the garden. Al's scent was everywhere. Alas, I'm worried about El. A beast must have chased him all around this garden as he were trying to run away, said Max to Kate. But Kate wasn't there. She wasn't behind him. He didn't see her anywhere. Where was she? Had the garden beast gotten to Kate? Kate! Kate! Where are you, lass? shouted Max. Max listened and heard her distinct laughter coming from behind a row of sunflowers standing tall on the far border of the garden. Relieved, Max trotted toward the sound of Kate's voice. He walked around the tall flowers, stretching to kiss the sun, their thick stalks supporting the huge blossoms of golden yellow petals with black seeded centers. Max peeked around a flower stalk and saw Kate, her back to him. She was talking to someone, giggling about something. What could be so funny? Had Kate found Al? Just then, a pair of hummingbirds grazed Max's head, lighting on a nearby flower stalk. Kate, who are you talking to? I were worried the garden beastie got you, said Max firmly. When Kate turned around, Max could see a small black cat in front of her. <laughs> Max, Al is the garden beastie. He 
is the one who did all this damage and destroyed this nice cat's garden, explained Kate. Then why are you laughing? Seems to me you'd be so mad at that fat cat, you'd give him a real piece of your mind, replied Max, feeling relieved, but mad about Al at the same time. Oh, I'm not laughing at the destruction of the garden, dear. Liz were telling me how Al thought she were mad, since her name begins with Mad, <laughs> Mademoiselle. He were terrified of her, and that's where after a big hen scolded him, replied Kate. Max looked at this petite black cat and chuckled at the thought of Al being terrified of her name, much less her frame. <laughs> I see what you mean, lass. Max, allow me to introduce Mademoiselle Lisette Briand, said Kate with a sparkle in her eye. Enchanté, Max. Please call me Liz, said the cat as she walked over to greet Max. Uh, nice to meet you, lass. I'm real sorry about your garden. Al got away from us and we didn't know where he were. It looks like he just went crazy, said Max. We oui, that he did, but he is very sorry, in more ways than one, replied Liz, as she, Max, and Kate looked over the garden. Aye, he better be sorry, lass. Where is he, anyway? asked Max. He is asleep over in the far side of the garden, under a lavender bush. He felt quite ill after eating so much. I gave him some peppermint and told him to rest, replied Liz. Kate noticed a slight glimmer in Liz's eyes as she talked about Al. She and Max were amazed at how calm this cat was after such a terrible thing as losing her garden. Uh, can I ask you why you don't act mad then, lass? You're taking this all in a grand way, said Max. Ah, oui, I am, uh, uh, how you say, uh, uh, put out, no? But there is nothing I can do to fix this now. Albert did not mean to destroy my garden. Besides, this is the very thing I needed, answered Liz. Max and Kate exchanged questioning looks, wondering what Liz meant. Liz continued, seeing their confusion. It is difficult for me to leave my garden. After working so long on my masterpiece, it is uh, only logical I would wish to enjoy it. I also do not wish to leave this garden to fall into disrepair. Now those uh, reasons no longer exist. It is uh, logical for me to go now. The petite black cat picked up a bruised flower and held it to her nose. I can now follow the fire cloud. Max and Kate felt a new surge of excitement. The maker had called Liz as well. Liz began pulling a few weeds around the sunflowers as she said, I assume you two are following the fire cloud from Scotland as well? Aye, you're a smart kitty, I must say, lass. Quite a far cry from Al, said Max. Al is following with us, said Kate to Liz with a knowing grin. See, si, so are we, piped in the hummingbirds as they flew over to light on the sunflower stalk where Liz was grooming the ground. And so are my hen and rooster friends. We have all been called by the maker, or eight of us, observed Liz. Do you have any idea what this could be about then? Max asked Liz. Hmm, 
I am still studying the facts. Uh, tell me, do you know of any other creatures called by the maker? Asked Liz. She continued to inspect each and every sunflower stalk as she waited on an answer. Aye, our seagull friends, Crane and Mbethu, have been called as well, quickly answered Kate. But uh, where are these friends now? Asked Liz. She snapped her front paw out in front of her and began licking it to clean off the dirt from her weeding as she listened to Max. You see, lass, we crossed the sea channel on a wheel to reach France. I were thinking there might be other creatures who were needing a way across water that were also called by the maker. The seagulls are helping to find other creatures on the shore who need to cross. They'll let the dolphins know, and the dolphins will get the whale beasties to pick them up and carry them across, explained Max. Interesting. Tell me, mon ami, what do you know of the sea creatures? Are they following the fire cloud? Liz asked as she began to wash her face with her clean paw. That be the strangest part. Me friend Craddock, the whale, is a grand beastie, one of the finest I know. But the maker did not speak a word to him. Tis a mystery to me, answered Max. And don't forget the dolphins, dear. They weren't called to follow the fire cloud either, Kate joined in. Aye, no sea creatures we met were called, said Max, hoping for an explanation or an insight from Liz. Hmm. Were there any other creatures you encountered on your journey that uh, were not called? Asked Liz. There were two wolves that chased Aldo on the beach and looked like they wanted to get on Craddock and raid across the channel with us, said Kate. Uh, what happened? Asked Liz. We left the wolves pacing on the rocks. Max didn't think they'd be called by the maker being such mean beasties, explained Kate. Max then felt a lump in his throat as he thought of Gilliman. I have a dear friend who helped me to understand that it were the maker calling me, and he is the one who told me the fire cloud had come, but he weren't called himself. Gilliman is an old mountain goat and is not well. He could have never made the journey, said Max sadly lowering his head and looking away as he remembered how sick Gilliman had been. Liz ceased washing her face and stared intently at Max for a moment, not saying a word. When he looked back up at her, their eyes locked for a moment. Liz seemed to be studying Max and all he had said. He felt as if she was peering into his mind and his heart. I see, said Liz as she stood up and began walking to the other side of the garden. What do you see? Max called after Liz. Turning to Kate, he said, She sounds like Gulliman, Kate. He did this to me all the time. Liz didn't respond, but kept walking with tiny, ordered steps down the path, tail up in the air, sun shining on her black fur as she sauntered. Rudy and Rosie buzzed over to Max and Kate as they looked at each other, deciding to just follow this little cat to wherever she was headed. Well, Max, I'm glad to see you have come down. And I'm glad to hear you speaking the same language as me. Oui, uh, I mean, 
Of course. Uh, Max, by the ends of that chapter, you seem to have a lot on your mind. Aye. You had me thinking about Gilliman and about the wolf beasties and all that. But I could say the same for you, then. You were saying a lot more inside your brain than you were outside your mouth. Oh, that is uh, one way to say it. <laughs> uh, suffice it to say, I had much to think about in that moment. But then you always do a lot of thinking there, lass. You're a thinking kitty for sure. But I know better than to try to get inside your head, then. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we should head over to Jenny's corner, because I've got a question for her. Great idea, Max. Uh, Miss Jenny Cote, welcome to this episode. Thanks, Liz. So, Max, I understand you have a question for me. Aye. See, lass, now that Liz has joined us on the journey to follow the fire cloud, I wonder if you could tell us more about her. How did you come up with this brainiac kitty named Liz? Liz. I love Liz and her supreme intellect and her curiosity. You know, she is patterned after cats, right? You know, they say that curiosity killed the cats because... I have watched the real Liz climb into things and, you know, how she and why she wanted to inspect something that was way out of her reach. It's kind of a funny thing, but that shows the insatiable desire for cats to know and understand and define and seek. And so that's a wonderful trait for us all to have, isn't it? Never stop seeking answers to our questions You know, the Maker gave us all minds that can be filled with wonderful things if we'll just go explore and learn. And I think the beauty of Liz is she never stops learning. She never stops asking questions. The downside of that, especially in the beginning of Liz's journey, is that sometimes she depends on her intellect and what she knows more than her faith and what she cannot know or understand at the moment. And so... Sometimes our intellect can get in the way of our faith. So while it is a good thing, we can't put it above, at the end of the day, our trust in the Maker, even when we don't understand. So, trusting in the Maker is even more important than trusting in being brilliant. And when you've trusted in your intellect all your life, it takes time to learn this. For you must learn to think from the heart instead of from your head. See, there you go being smart again. Uh, Thanks, Miss Jenny, and thank you for being here today. Uh, So, Mr. Announcer Lad, hmm, what can we expect next time, then? Well, Mr. Scottish Terrier Lad, next time, we'll find out that both you and Liz have a fair amount of wisdom. I? Yes, you. We? Right, both of you. No, I meant we as in yes. Ah, don't bother, lass. He'll never get it. You'll have him chasing his tail all day. Oh, yeah? Shows you don't know everything. I don't even have a tail. And if I did, I wouldn't chase it all day. Chase it all day, as if. I mean, I'd have to stop for lunch at least. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries. And The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. 
See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grandi! Au revoir, mes amis! Thanks for listening!